Hello there. We'd like to welcome you to the virtual kitchen table. We're Erin from Ever Learning, Ashley from Ashley as Mama and Storytime Shelves, and myself, Hayley, from Taking a Kinder Path. We're gathering for conversations about family life and home education, particularly unschooling, which is sometimes known as self-directed learning, or as I like to call it, natural learning. We'll be sharing our experiences and ideas, learning as we go. We hope you'll pull a chair up to the table and join us. Hello, welcome to the virtual kitchen table. Uh, it's Erin here today, um, bringing us into conversation. And uh, as usual, I have Ashley here. Hi, Ashley. Hi, guys. Hello. And unfortunately, we don't have Haley with us today. Um, she was really hoping to be here, but is not well. So we're missing her, but glad she's taking care of herself. So, mm-hmm. and then today we also have a couple of other people, which were pretty, um, who were pretty excited to chat with about this topic today. Um, so Anna Brown. Hi, Anna. Hi. Great to be here. Yeah. Really nice to have you. And Pam Larickia. Hello, Pam. <laughs> Oh, so fun to be here. It is fun to be here, and it's fun this time of year. Um, we Our topic today is around the holidays, basically, and kind of, um, I guess, planning, thinking about how the holidays can look, how we'd like them to look, how they might best fit different members of our family, and, yeah, just kind of navigating ahead of time, Um during events themselves and I think we'll also talk a little bit maybe about even decompressing in that Mm -hmm. period of time after the holidays and this timing was really kind of cool because Ashley Haley and I had been talking about um this topic and just the timing for this year and then uh in um and Anna's wonderful newsletter popped inbox that they're actually going to be doing a course Um, navigating family gatherings and it might be it might be available I think it's timed I'll let you talk a little bit more about that but I think it's timed (laughs) so I I won't get too far into that but it just seemed like really good timing and I think I think the pieces that we talk about today um, will be relevant to this time of year because in most parts of the world we're kind of getting into a, a season with various holidays but as I got thinking about the topic, it's so relevant to all kinds of things, whether that's birthdays or Mother's mm-hmm. Day or, you know, summer vacation with people, like any number of things. So um, I feel like it's timely right now, but it's also relevant to lots of different pieces. So um, just to kind of start us off, it's it's funny on that note of it being relevant to different pieces, because I know going into the holidays this is a, a common conversation that I see among homeschool families and school families and I got thinking for myself how um even I started thinking about this like when my oldest was a baby and navigating like my husband's work party I think it was like his holiday work party and feeling like I was probably the only one who uh, was attachment parenting and had a baby that needed to be nursed and trying to figure out kind of how to do that because the drive was a little bit of a distance away, not huge, but kind of far away. Um, and yeah, just kind of trying to time the feedings, hearing from people because he was about two and a half months old, hearing from people that, you know, he would take a bottle if he got hungry enough, 
that didn't happen. (laughs) Not take a bottle. And, you know, it was, it was okay. I left the party for a little while, came back. But I just remember thinking it just felt so daunting as a new parent. And I really appreciate now the conversations that are happening. You know, I, I wish I'd thought back then maybe that there were more options. You know, maybe I could have gone part of the time. Um, as we got a little bit later into his babyhood, I guess you'd say, um, I was just careful to bring him places. Maybe I would bring somebody with me to kind of hang out in mm-hmm. the wings and then I could be with him if he needed to. Um, but yeah, I, I just remember that feeling of nervousness, of just feeling like you have to go to an event and you have to do it a certain way. And it's this amount of time and not really feeling like you could consider your children or your family members. And um, yeah, so that's just something that, that kind of came up for me, but I would be really interested in, in, you know, hearing from everybody else, um, you know, what, what comes up for people when you think about planning for the holidays um, and Anna and Pam, you're obviously working with lots of families. So even some of the common things that, that you hear, um, yeah, I don't know if anybody wants to, to jump in in particular, but <laughs> Ashley, do you want to start actually? Because you're navigating this with younger kids right now. So yeah. yeah. Sure, no problem. Yeah, I can relate to what you just said, Erin. I mean, as always. <laughs> um, yeah, so my two are 10 and 7. Um, so they are still quite young. But just listening to you there, Erin, I'm thinking, um, yeah, so my oldest is 10. So I've been kind of at this, like navigating family gatherings and different events with kids for a decade. And I'm still really figuring out each time and each year how to do things a little bit differently. Um, so I'm like reminding myself that it's okay. It takes time um, for me anyway, to figure these things out. Um, but every, like I said, every year, every event, um, I kind of shift my thinking, adjust how we do things and what it really comes down to and what I've been um, more aware of these past probably good few years now, three or four years is being like really intentional, which I think we'll talk quite a bit about today, like being really uh, intentional and being selective when it comes to um, choosing and that it is a choice as to, I mean, for the most part, um, it's usually a choice on whether we decide to commit to attending an event or if we want to, you know, I've spent time figuring out how to kindly decline certain invitations. Um, but just figuring out, you know, the best way forward. Um, and there's still t- times where we go to an event or we do something and afterwards I'm just like, oh, <laughs> why or what could we have done differently um so it's not like you know you get to a point where you figure it all out and everything's smooth sailing um but yeah just it it has taken me a while um I mean years to just kind of realize that I I have that permission to be intentional and selective and it changes too of course as our kids grow as to what events work for them um and what don't um so yeah I have I love this topic. I have, I have lots of thoughts on it and stuff, but I'll, I'll pause there. So, so Pam and Anna can, can <laughs> share. <it all. laughs> 
Yeah, I will say, I know so many thoughts, so many thoughts. I'm very excited about this conversation. And Aaron, when you were talking about the the work Christmas parties, oh my gosh, just flooded memory <laughs> back to all that. And yeah, I I feel like just as you were talking about the the choice piece, it's something at first that I really it's like oh, okay we have to do this and almost kind of hiding the like as you were saying you kind of snuck away for a bit and then come back and you know um, hiding that piece just to not feel so judged and whether that was in my head or not. Because, you know, you come to realize over the years that really everybody's busy figuring out their own stuff. They're not really looking at me. I mean, sure, there's the odd person, but it's that confidence piece, that understanding, like, these are my choices, the intention piece that comes into it, the realization that I have agency, that I can make a choice and and that I can, my choices can change over the years and that's okay. That doesn't make me wrong from before. I can make a choice and things can go very differently than I imagined. And that's still okay because I learned some stuff and, you know, we'll incorporate that next year. Just all those different pieces that I can bring into the conversation without like, I think I was very harsh on judging myself in those kinds of situations because I was kind of incorporating what could anyone else judge me on, right? So (laughs) I take it on every uh, uh, imaginable (laughs) judgment and try to incorporate all of those into what I was doing in the moment and how I was trying to navigate it. And I, I feel like I probably made things a lot harder for myself than they needed to be. But again, I was learning through that as well, right? And incorporating that. And then like the fact that it's a choice was kind of a life-changing paradigm shift for me. And lately realizing how much of a choice it is to go to something from a feeling of obligation. Like I definitely felt obligated to show up at the work parties, right? And then family gatherings, there, there might be times when, you know, I really feel like, I'm obligated. I don't really have a choice yet. I can think it through and reframe it and acknowledge um, that feeling and say, okay, I'm choosing to lean into this. I still have all sorts of choices inside that obligatory piece that can make it more of make make the experience more of my own rather than making it so negative obligation. I'm just being dragged here with my fingernails scratching on the door frame as they pull me out the door. I don't need to go in with that attitude. There is so much more choice even inside something that feels obligatory enough that I'm not in a place that I want to deal with that piece or resist that piece as much. Does that make sense? Yeah. I mean, I think the choice piece is is huge for me because whenever, and, and I use this in all areas of my life, but when I start to feel that kind of 
tense energy or that contraction, I'm like, there's always a choice, you know, and then that just helps me slow down, calm down, look at, and again, I might choose to still do the thing that felt obligatory or whatever it is, but I'm coming from a place that's just calmer and more relaxed. And then that helps me get actually to that place of intention. You know, it's like, okay, I really am choosing this and I can bring this intentional energy. I can bring this feeling of why, why am I doing it? And I know versus like you're saying, Pam, getting pulled along. And then what I bring in that situation is just a negative energy that then kind of spirals, you know, the whole time. And, and I loved your piece too, Ashley, about just it, it, we, it grows and changes. Like it's, we really, it, it is evolving, you know, as our kids get older, as family things change, all of these different pieces. And, you know, I have just like a quick story from last night, you know, and I was thinking about this call or Thanksgiving is coming up for us in the United States. And I was talking to my mom and a cousin's coming and blah, blah, blah. They wanted to bring a dog. My husband's allergic to dogs, you know, blah, blah, blah. So my mom's having to have this conversation with my cousin and I can feel her like really being worried about telling my cousin that they can't stay at our house. And then, and I'm just like, why is this so hard? What is happening? And I'm trying to help her through, like, I can do it. What, what do you need? And I remembered that 50, my mom is 90. So probably 60 years ago, my aunt Barbara, who is the mother of this particular cousin, long dead, had told my mom, we're family. We don't stay at hotels. And so my mom, bless her, has carried this piece, you know, all this way And so it was a good reminder for me. I got a tiny bit of frustrated, but it also was a good reminder of me of like, okay, everybody's carrying so much weight, so much of this judgment, like you were talking about Pam, like if we can, again, just slow things down, see each other as humans, help each other through this. I just, it was just this reminder. And I thought of this call and I was like, oh, the holidays are so fraught, you know? Yeah. Oh my gosh. So there's pieces from all of those that are swimming in my my mind now. So um, let me see if I can kind of uh, keep track and and remember. So Ashley, the piece about, um, I think it's just the idea that it's, you will probably need to reinvent things every year. So it's like anything that we do in our, our parenting journey. It's not like a one and done. It's, it's more that spirit of, you know, Pam always talks about being open and curious and that really is helpful to me because it's that spirit of just knowing that these situations will, will come up. They'll continue to come up with our kids. They'll come up with us throughout our lives. It's just, it's just interacting with people and continuing to be open to thinking through. So, and of course, when your kids are a bit younger, that can change quite quickly from year to year about mentally. So it's, yeah, just continuing to be open to that. Um, Pam, I think you said something about the idea of, of hiding, <laughs> maybe like hiding certain pieces of maybe like ourselves, our, our, our family structure. And it, um, yeah, I hadn't thought of it, of it that way. But when I think back to things like that Christmas party, or, you know, we used to do get invited to a lot of weddings, like really big weddings. And it was the same thing. It was this sense of, um, almost feeling like I didn't want people to know how worried I was about my kids when I was away or how connected we were or that one of them, you know, might need a phone call or might need us to pop back. And, you know, we, we never know what's going on for other people. There could have been all kinds of other parents 
<laughs> feeling the same way. It didn't feel that way to me in the moment, but um, you're right. People aren't, it's not like everyone's uh, looking around at us. It's, you know, I'm thinking of those events. They weren't even my wedding or <laughs> anything like that, but we can build up these stories that, that you know, we, we really kind of have to keep certain things super private or, or, or hidden. And then the other thing that came up for me around that is that as my kids, like as I parented a little bit longer, so I'm thinking of going, I remember going to a wedding and my younger son was that similar age. He was maybe like two or three months and we brought him with us and we talked to the couple ahead of time and we had a, you know, a place figured out that I go and I could nurse him or we could change his diaper or or whatever and it just felt so different having communicated that ahead of time and just saying like yeah we would love to come but if like if we come we'll you know we'll need to bring our baby and is that okay and you know maybe we could figure something out and it was no problem at all and the other cool thing about that is I noticed people were um like positive about it almost in a semi I don't want to say surprised but being a little bit kind of like oh this is kind of cool like they have this eight week nine week old baby but they came and because I think some people just don't go and that's totally reasonable to just not go to events when you've got a little baby um but I think people are often making a black and white choice and I think maybe if they see us kind of navigating things and communicating and figuring things out um maybe it plants seeds for people a little bit and and they start to think that maybe there's more than the black or the white um option and then anna the the piece about the dog like i can feel that you know these different family events and you have oh you it's that feeling sometimes of being caught between two people and And then you think you have it figured out and maybe another factor comes in and it's like, oh, and we had a dog situation um, in the summer where one of my guys asked if he could bring a dog to a pretty large event. And I said, I really thought it would be better if he didn't. And then of course we get there and my cousin shows up with a dog of the same large size. And, but you know what? That situation was was fine too. That was a situation where a dog wasn't expected, um, but everybody made the best of it, and we figured it out. And there were a couple of people who were quite fearful of dogs, but um, my cousin was very respectful, and we just kind of communicated. So it's that sense that even if things flip at the last minute, just continuing that open and curious attitude that it's not just all in the planning; it's also keeping that energy in the moment I think too so yeah Yeah. something just real quick that you said that uh, that sparked for me that that idea of you you know creating that conversation and having and bringing the baby it just made me think like when I I tend to host a lot of our family events and I loved being that host that really was aware of hey you've got little kids do we you know can we make a space are there special foods, you know? And so we can really start to change some of those cultural pieces of not thinking about kids and not thinking about families, you know, ourselves as we're doing that. So that just kind of came to mind as you were saying that. Yeah. And I just wanted to pop in with just a little bit more about that hiding piece, because I, I, I just want to 
kind of, um, I don't know, normalize, but also like just it's completely accepting of any like because there are some situations where there are pieces of ourselves that we don't really want to bring into that situation because things might go sideways. We know in the past, we have experience that it won't really be respected or it will, you know, start up conversations down a path that, you know, we've traveled enough times. We don't want to travel at this holiday or whatever, right? So being intentional again, Ashley, about the pieces and that we want to bring into this particular situation. But see, before I, I would use the word hiding almost because it felt it wasn't an intention. It was something that I felt I had to do. It felt more of an obligation, more fear-based, right? right? Rather than intentional, I can choose, okay, and I can prepare myself a little bit ahead of time. And I can say, okay, in this situation, these are the pieces of me and of our family that uh, we're bringing into. And these are the pieces of this event, you know, back to our why that you mentioned, Anna, why we want to come, what we want to enjoy. And when I can think about those a little bit ahead of time, so they're kind of in the forefront of my mind when we're attending the gathering, then I've got little pieces in my back pocket. I've got open and curious questions in my back pocket for conversations there are particular people that I've realized I want to chat to. So I more intentionally make sure, you know, that I hit them up along the way. I make sure I've got, we've got situations like Anna was talking about, you know, that we've got a little space set aside that we can go to, like just going through um, that in my head beforehand and chatting with my kids, with my partner, like, so that we all kind of have a plan. We all know what it is that we're going to enjoy. We know the pieces that we want to avoid, but we've got top of mind, all the cool things, right? So, so it it wasn't, you know, to feel bad that, oh, I must be my whole self in every situation. That's not, that's not helpful (laughs) a few in, in absolutely in different situations. But, and then we like to find ones where we can be our whole self, but we can absolutely still enjoy and choose to enjoy um, attending all sorts of, whether it's from birthday celebrations, summer gatherings, summer barbecues, like all these different pieces, just visits alongside all the holiday things as well. And, you know, when we're more intentional and we just prepped ourselves a little bit to remember the, all the choices we have to lean into the fun things that we want to get out of it. And it just, it just seems to, in my experience anyway, make the whole thing more enjoyable and needing maybe a little bit less recovery after <laughs> that you mentioned earlier, Aaron. <laughs> yes, exactly. And that, that kind of segues Pam in my mind to something around, um, you know, even things for ourselves, the holidays, we, as much as we're thinking a lot about our children, um, that idea that we we don't always have to um, kind of be open, be wide open about every part of ourselves or even highlight. So something that I was thinking about was um, going to either parties or family dinners and being a vegetarian, but not necessarily wanting that to be a huge conversation. <laughs> I just yeah. want to slide in and get through the situation. You're not looking for it to be become uh, the topic of the meal and 
something I found helpful around that was just thinking ahead around, you know, what would allow me to, uh, you know, participate pretty seamlessly in the meal, but also take care of, you know, any need I had usually for protein or whatever. And so that might just be bringing something proteinish with me that I could have a little bit of before the meal. So it's not, I'm not, um, asking anybody else to prepare the meal differently or, you know, when people are hosting, they're already, they already have a lot on the go, right? There's already a lot of moving parts. Um, and some people love that and they're very, they want to do something extra or they want to know, but I always just wanted to feel like it wasn't required or, um, assumed so if I could just kind of take care of that one part on my own I could pretty seamlessly flow into the (laughs) and potatoes and whatnot and it doesn't become a a thing again for some people they might they might be more open or more conversational about that it's not to say that you can't be but um sometimes we have those pieces that we're like I don't really like talking a lot about that um I think you know unschooling and homeschooling fall in that category too depending on the environment you might not want that to be the main topic so you just think a little bit ahead of time around kind of how you're going in (laughs) yeah sorry go ahead Ashley no it's okay um I just wanted to before we move away potentially from talking about food um at gatherings that was something I made some notes on and had some thoughts on because and and I think it's true regardless of age, but just with mine being younger, going to any event, I mean, there's typically food. <laughs> um, and I've had to learn from not so pleasant experiences of just what that can be like, you know, so for example, like, um, Thanksgiving dinner was um, a recent family, somewhat recent family event for us. And um, I was reflecting afterwards being like, Oh, I kind of shifted some things there. And that went a lot better because when my two were even younger, um, I mean, when they were really little, I would bring food for them. I would bring snacks for them, but it was like, once they got a bit older, like I want to say maybe four or five years old, the expectations from others, or maybe I assumed expectations that others had as they got older would be that they would eat certain foods or the same meal that everyone else was eating, which I think I can, a lot of parents can relate that that's just not the case with children and just people in general, like different food and we prefer to eat food we're comfortable with. Um, But I was really noticing um, the pressure that it seemed like my kids were kind of under and, and the adults around the, the table watching them and the little comments or not so little comments that would be made. Um, You know, I I know one comment was made, not this actually wasn't too long ago. And it surprised me a bit that that comment was still made at this family gathering, but it was something like, um, you know, if you want dessert, finish your dinner on your plate in a, in a, not an unkind way. It wasn't Mm -hmm. harsh, but still I I stepped right in. (laughs) I probably at that point I think my kids would have responded like no I don't (laughs) um but just having thought about that ahead of time um thinking about what you can say in response to those different situations and comments that can be made around food um Erin like what you were saying like just bringing stuff ahead of time that like for my kids um I know because the other thing is with kids like food's so important just like sleep right so if we're at an event 
or it's holiday season and we're at event after event after event. That's not what we do, but I know it can feel yeah. that way um, during busier seasons. Um, if there, if my kids aren't eating well or eating enough, really, <laughs> they're not eating yeah. enough. They're going to get hangry and there's going to be the sugar spikes. And I just like to be intentional and mindful when it comes to food, because that has such a big impact on how they feel and, and then how they're able to do at events too. But also just so that they have, that they're respected, their choices are respected and that they have autonomy. Um, and there's not this like power over dynamic when it comes to um, a gathering where everyone's sitting down to eat. So I think there's lots of different ways to navigate um dealing with food at events when it comes to ourselves and with kids. But for myself, I've found thinking, and it's taken me again, quite a few experiences to figure this out and to learn, but taking the time, like I think you were saying, Pam, taking the time beforehand to just think it through and talk to my kids about it so that, and my husband, that one gets us all kind of on the same page, but I think also gives us a little bit of um, confidence. Um, because I'm not just going in having my own thoughts. I've had a conversation. We kind of go in more of as a team and be like, I'm not the only way, one who feels this way who or who has talked about it. I have found those little things. And we don't spend, I mean, it's not a sit down, long conversation that we have, right? It's just, it's mentioned here or there. It's a little conversation. Um, rarely do we sit down as a family and have these in-depth <laughs> discussions, maybe when they're older. But it's just bringing it up. So I don't want it to be like something parents feel like I should put that on my to-do list and it's another thing you have to do I think it can be done through little conversations here and there but it's it for us it's made a big difference yeah um food was such a big one for us and you know both my girls were super particular about what they wanted to eat at different times but like you said too it's the timing of things like we're not often thinking about this meal is being prepared for hours and kids are hungry because, you know, mine were kind of nibblers. So it's like, if they hadn't nibbled in a while, you know, then they were getting really hungry. And so it was just that being intentional about it. Like, Hey, let's feed them ahead of time. Let's have some good snacks. And, you know, Pam and I have talked about before, just also telling the kids what's happening at an event, like what's, you know, okay, they're prepping the meal. This is stuff we can eat now. This is going to happen there, you know, just that kind of information. But it was really important for us to have food or bring something I know they're going to love to contribute to the meal or things along those lines, because I think food for many of us can lead to grumpiness and, you know, especially for kids because they're expending a lot of energy and just thinking about it ahead of time just can prevent just everybody melting down or just hurt feelings as well. Yeah, I think that so many of these events, right, for celebrations and holidays and everything are kind of focused around a meal. So food is definitely <laughs> something that's uh, so worth thinking about ahead of time. Like I had the same kind of vegetarian. One of my kids was vegetarian for years, many, many years, Aaron, and um, did the same thing, you know, kind of, you know, ask, oh, what do, what do we have? And, you know, just to get an idea. But over the years, you kind of get a feel for how the meals flow. And it's, oh, well, I'm going to bring, I'll bring a dish. I'll, you know, bring some. And then I could always bring one or two things that, number one, I knew my kids like and, you know, fit their their eating style so that we could have that there as well. So that if at that moment, nothing else appealed to them, 
there would be something that they could sit for a few minutes and eat. Um, because yes, oh my gosh, we feel horrible when we're, when we get overly hungry. And those, there were two pieces that were really big for, really helpful for us over the years. Like Anna mentioned the, the checking in. So, you know, I would be, you know, hanging out with the adults for a bit, checking out, talking to people in the kitchen, helping out a little bit. Then I'd, you know, scoot out and give the kids an update <laughs> on how the meal prep was going, how how long it was going to be, um, so that it wasn't an adult barreling in on them in the middle of whatever they were doing. Say, okay, let's get to the table. So that even if they were in the middle of something, they knew they could anticipate that this was coming up soon. Um, and we could have conversations uh, about like in the moment we could chat. I loved Ashley's point about it doesn't need to be big sit down conversations. It's like, hey, this is coming up. I, and, you know, Zia said she's making this. Uh, you know, do you still like that? 30 seconds of a conversation here and there over time is really helpful because it doesn't get weighted because if you add that extra weight to it, then all of a sudden, Ooh, this is a deal. This is a big deal. Is there something I should be more worried about or whatever, or we're just going over for, <laughs> for holidays. Um, so that checking in piece was really helpful. And through experience, how long, how late meals end up going. Like I know when we go to my mom's meals, always like an hour and a half later than she anticipated. <laughs> And so we would make sure we have snacks or, you know, those kind of eat before we go, like all those kind of pieces just to keep to take care of ourselves and for that to be completely normal, not for, oh, my gosh, we need to starve ourselves for this big special meal or, or any of those pieces. The other piece, and maybe it was only in my in-law situation, but like being excused from the table was uh, a big thing for them. And when you were talking earlier, Aaron, like, what I could feel looking back is just kind of this little bubble around my kids where I could absorb. Oh yeah. And you were mentioning the comments, Ashley, where I could kind of absorb those comments that were coming and just kind of bounce them back. But that's why I needed to do a little bit of prep myself so I could have something in mind that I could reply to, or that I could, you know, just, it in and come up with something and then let it roll off my back because if I brought that forward it, we would just be spiraling down spiraling down but anyway so for that particular one they're not going to sit for an hour like you adults are sitting here at the table for the six courses or whatever so like by course two they were number one full number two like ready to move on and I could just excuse when I started see the moving around oh are you full are you ready to leave you're excused and and that was it and then if anybody had you know an issue with them leaving the table I was the one that excused them so I was the one that they would come and have a conversation with it wouldn't be them going to my child and saying you shouldn't have left the table because you weren't excused and you know all those kind of pieces so I found there were lots of times where I could anticipate step in and smooth things out it also meant that I was the one that they would come to and have the conversation it was if it was something they were uncomfortable with and then I could work it through with them and have that conversation that's brilliant Pam I like I like that and I think I can think of myself doing that in various situations, but I, 
I don't think I've ever really framed it that way, but that idea of the bubble and just absorbing some of those pieces um, is really helpful to think about it that way. Yeah. Yeah. It just changes. It changes where the, um, I, I don't want, I guess I'll just use the word blame, but it, it changes where that gets directed. Um, and we as parents have probably already done some preparatory work going into the situation so we can hold that for a little bit right we can kind of prepare ourselves that we might be holding that so I love that um the other thing that I I like to think about is what can we bring in to like how are we also thinking about the other people that are coming to our house or whose house we're going to because I think that that kind of spirit and that energy goes really far when yeah. people feel like they're being considered and, you know, whether it's something fun, like, um, I'm just thinking of my, my daughter's 18th uh, birthday. We had like a barbecue at, at family's house and she likes pretty traditional food, like kind of standard salads, barbecue, like that's what she wanted, which was great. That was the base of the, the meal. And then I have uh, one of my guys and niece who really, they are really more into um, sushi and seeds and different mm -hmm. things like that. And not that they don't like the other kind of food. So it wasn't that they needed to be sort of accommodated particularly, but it was just fun for me to show up with some of that stuff. And they were like, oh, <laughs> Because they were fine to have the other salads and the barbecue and stuff. So it wasn't like a, a dietary thing per se, but just to be able to show people that, um, yeah, that we're thinking of them in different ways. And I think when our kids are little, we don't always have time to be bothering with all of that. So it's not to say that people need to run out and do that. But if if it comes to mind and we're in the store, I just find it fun to just kind of show people in different ways that we're thinking about them for the, the celebration as well. And I guess maybe more on the accommodation end of things, I guess I often think too about like, how is the time going to be spent? And so let's say we're bringing a few games or something like that. Just me kind of thinking ahead of time, you know, is there a child there who might be kind of shy or might be nervous about their reading or maybe there's a child who just kind of learned to read and really wants to kind of do that. So just keeping in mind, and sometimes it's adults who who really shine during certain kinds of games, but then you see them really shy away from others, you know, whether that's like trivia versus whatever. And so I just like to think about that ahead of time too, like maybe bringing a range of games that, um, yeah, just kind of have some variation to them or that, that we can do, we can pair up with. Um, just, you know, I'm really onto this game thing, but just, you know, I like that idea of being able to like work in pairs because sometimes I think both kids and adults can feel pressure on about things. Right. So I guess thinking about how time is spent, um, those are some of the details that I try to keep in mind a little bit just to kind of keep that energy flowing well for lots of people. Um, yeah, I'm gonna, gonna, PM, I know, I'm like, PM, you've got ga you go games, and I've got one other thing I want to say about today. <laughs> that was something that I ended up finding really helpful. Um, and 
with certainly with my in-laws where we ended up what was really helpful was because like the adults would want to sit around the table and just talk for hours and for me I wanted everybody to enjoy the experience like I wanted my kids to enjoy the experience of this event as well as the adults um and what I found really helped because I found that the the in-law adults they just wanted to talk to the kids they wanted to engage with the kids but like talk and talking was all they knew I was like yeah and yeah you're just you don't know what else to ask when you can't say what grade are you in and do you like your teacher like they they had no other framework so what I would play with was finding games that everybody could enjoy together could have the option to enjoy together so we had like different languages and you know absolutely a wide range of ages all those pieces we I ended up settling that was for a few years most successful was bringing bingo because then it, I mean, it's a super easy game, really easy for somebody who's not played before to pick up. Language really isn't a barrier because we could say a number in multiple languages and it didn't really matter if you were three people or 10 people or 15 people, however many people were in the mood to play. Um, so that ended up kind of being my go-to for few, but yeah, they wouldn't have games. They wouldn't have those things around. They wouldn't think of suggesting them. But so I just started bringing them because it's like, okay, they're looking for some engagement. How might I bring my kids together with the adults in a way that everybody could kind of enjoy themselves. And that ended up after a few years of trying things that ended up being a good solution for, for, for a number of years. Um, but that that was the the really helpful piece. I loved your idea too of like just smaller games. Like sometimes I would bring games just for us, or bring and I would make sure that I brought toys and things so that the kids enjoyed the event as well. And you know, I might say, oh, if if they started you know asking like if my sister in law or brother in laws whatever started asking questions that like irrelevant to my kids I might say oh why don't you you know share the story about this oh go grab your toy and show them how this works like transformers were really popular for look how fast he can you know transform this (laughs) you know to try and because yeah you want the event to be like even if you're just a guest you know the event to be enjoyable for as many people who are attending it and then there are other times where you know I'll I'll just always remember one Christmas and I'm trying to remember um, how it ended up, but uh, we ended up sitting in, me and the kids sitting in the laundry room floor because the event was downstairs and we like sang through an album, one of their favorite albums at the time, you know, so the experience was, I still remember that. They still remember that. So even when everybody's like doing their things and we're not kind of clicking, we can still find time and make space for us to enjoy. And then we came out and we sang through this whole entire thing, you know, still be excited and having fun. Um, Just like, again, you were saying, Erin, about planting seeds. We can plant seeds that even if we're sitting in the laundry room on the floor, We can still have lots of fun, like, and thanks so much for inviting us over, you know, 
end the story there. <laughs> but bingo, I'll suggest that. <laughs> <laughs> um, I, Ashley, do you want to talk about games? I'm going to go a little bit different direction, but I can. <laughs> yeah, if you don't mind, just really quickly, I'll just yeah. add, because my mind was going there. I think that that's made a huge difference in our experiences with people is thinking about what everybody's going to be doing. Um, so um, like you said, Pam, like I know I've brought, um, I'll say to my younger one, go get that favorite dinosaur book that you have because I'm sure Papa will really want to see it. And Papa will happily, I know, sit next and flip through that book with my kiddo for quite some time. Um, another example, <coughs> excuse me, another example I think I've shared here is how um, my older guy used to be not so much anymore, but used to be in the Pokemon into the Pokemon Go game a lot, like a lot for quite some time. And um, he got us a number of us into the game, but specifically my mother in law. And I think she actually still plays it. <laughs> He's kind of moved away from it. Um, so that's a fun example to always share. But um, you know, if I see he's getting restless or something, or maybe grandma's again, innocently, but like asking lots of questions, which my older guy, like I know some kids, my older guy, for example, just doesn't even like being asked questions really at all. <laughs> um, so that I'll try to jump in real quick and be like, Oh, did you check out what grandma caught in Pokemon Go recently? And then they'll shift into that. Um, and then just one other thing um, that I found we've done that's worked well in those situations. Um again over my in-laws but I mean anywhere in the winter so for Christmas gathering where we are there there will well there hopefully will be some snow there usually is um, but my in-laws have this really like decent hill in their backyard for tobogganing so I'll make sure because it's a bit of a road trip for us but I'll make sure that I pack what we need I'll pack their toboggans even though they take up space it's worth it because um, again mine are 10 and 7 so if they're inside for three, four, five hours long, <laughs> however long this event is. If there's, I mean, we typically always go outside, but it's usually myself or my husband who recognize, oh, I think now's a good time to go outside and maybe grandma will take them out to go tobogganing for a bit. We usually all kind of take turns, which is nice because um, they get outside. That's nice for obvious reasons, probably. But I think it also gives other people an opportunity to kind of slip away, like what we've been talking about, to go like, oh, I'll go take them out for a bit or I'll take them over to the park or, or to go for a walk. So, yeah, I hadn't thought about that too much. So I'm glad that, that you I think, Pam, you originally brought that idea up around yeah, just being intentional about, okay, what does this actually look like when we're there and what are we going to do and games and books and just finding activities that we know people can connect with um, has made a big difference for us. So thanks for letting me go ahead, Anna. Yeah, no, I, I love that. And I think it is, it, again, it's that intentionality piece, right? And because I know the people at these events do want to connect with my kids, but like you said, Pam, they just sometimes don't have the tools or it, it looks a little different. And so they're not sure. And so bringing that book, bringing the game, even just, you know, reminding them of a conversation that they know, you know, then I know they'll engage just makes such a difference versus just kind of standing back and, and it all goes awry. And then the kid that doesn't like questions, because I have one like that, but who also likes to talk about what they're interested in, you know, so if I can get that going, then it goes. So I love all of that. And we're a big game family. And I do like bingo because yeah, like we have some competitive people and, and we do a lot of different types of games, but I think bingo could be a fun addition because <laughs> we usually have a big crowd. 
But um, the thing that was really back to what you were first talking about, Aaron, that that came to mind for me was this idea of just kind of the energy we bring to it. And and I love that thinking about maybe a special thing you could bring for the host or other kids that are there that you know that might help them, you know, feel included or feel special. But another piece that I've found is just bringing my kind of excited energy to it and really acknowledging the host for all the work they're doing and the favorite dish that they made. And just really, um, because people want to have fun at holiday events, but they can be a little stressful when you're trying to get food on the table and you've got a lot of people running around. And so I don't know, just taking that moment to connect with people when you come in your gratitude and your excitement to be there can kind of give a boost, you know, as they're doing all the work and getting things ready. And so I I don't know, I feel like the energy we bring, and I guess I want to say how I get there is the pieces we've been talking about, like understanding my why, you know, knowing that I have a choice and then bringing that intentionality allows me to, even if I know there may be some bumps to bring a higher energy that I think helps kind of set the stage. Yeah. Yeah. And I, um, you know, Ashley, when you were talking about, um, cause I think it kind of ties in, you were saying with like the tobogganing, for example, maybe sometimes a grandparent might want to take a turn with that. And yeah, I think when we open up those opportunities, whether it's bingo, whether it's tobogganing, whether it's whatever, um, it, it does kind of foster or facilitate that opportunity. Maybe not every grandparent is wanting to go tobogganing or, or whatever, but, often those are the shared experiences. Like as much as we think about the meal and the presence and whatever, the music or whatever, it often is the whatever ends up, you know, getting played on the laundry room floor or, you know, getting a chance to go out tobogganing. It's those pieces that actually build the the memory. It's not really like how good the turkey is. I mean, that's great. (laughs) (laughs) Focus a lot on that, right? Like around the table and opening presents and but there's all these other side things that um, probably build relationship more. Um, I had a thought and I, I'm going to have to come back to it, but something else just popped up around presence, which I just wanted to say, I know for some people um, the idea of being kind of this big present opening and being watched while they're opening presents. Mm. Well, whether that's like a party or Christmas or a bridal shower or whatever, whatever it is, it can feel like a lot. And something that I always found too, we had various um, people who had very different abilities as, as far as the type of gift that they were able to purchase or buy. And so I found over time what worked both for that and also for my kids is rather than having a big present opening, let's say at a birthday party. Um, Christmas is a bit different because there's lots of stuff going on for everybody, but I feel at a birthday party, it's kind of like one present is coming to you after another. And it was just sort of as people came in or before they left, you know, I would check in whether they wanted to open a present for that particular person. And then they actually had a moment with that person versus everybody sitting around the room (laughs) kind of watching this, this string of presents. So that was a little bit of, of an aside. Um, I can't even remember where I was going <laughs> before that, but I, I, I think it was just that idea of kind of continuing on. Yeah. This energy that we bring and um, yeah. Understanding that 
everybody does want to bring their, their best. Everybody does want to have a good time. And people, you know, as you said, Pam, sometimes people, their go-to is to ask certain pointed questions yeah. to kids. Um, oh, I know what it was. I, I wanted to just see what, what thoughts anybody had around the whole sort of homeschooling question unschooling question and um, whether there are things that people find helpful or, or not. Um, I can say for myself, it depends on who's asking the question and the context. So again, if we were out at say a work, sometimes they have those work holiday gatherings or something like that. Um, I often don't even bring it up at all. So if people kind of ask how things are going, how school's going, if you're just there for a quick minute, I might just say great <laughs> or, or fine, right? Because you're kind of gauging how interested is the person really and how much time do we have to to, to talk about it. Um, but sometimes it does get a little trickier because it is maybe more of an around table um, thing. And I have to say for myself, because when we go to gatherings with family or friends that we know pretty well, they already know that our kids aren't in school that actual question doesn't come up. Um, but what I find is that if there are other kids there that do go to school, the conversation is much easier with those kids because there's that common language of what grade are you in? How do you, how do you like your teacher? You know, all those kind of schoolish questions. And sometimes it's hard to know, even for myself, how to bring my kids conversation if they're wanting to be in it sometimes they don't but sometimes kids do like to talk about what they're interested in and what they're diving into and it can be hard to kind of navigate navigate that um so sometimes i do think ahead of time about some of the things that they're interested in like you said ashley whether that's dinosaurs or pokemon or whether it's a soccer team they're playing for or whatever um and just kind of have that in my head a little bit of kind of how to segue into some things that that they can share some things about themselves as well that are maybe a little harder for people to lead into um with questions so anyway i don't know if what other people's experiences are or um if anybody has anything on that yeah i'll i'll pop in because i that's something that i find really interesting and playing around with over the years I kind, of, I kind of ended up settling on, and it ties in so well with the energy, with bringing that positive energy in to the event with us. Like, And as an aside, I remember um, reading about how our memories are formed and with the stronger emotions, um, memories are, are better formed more lasting so yeah with the more positive that's why I remember how much fun we had in in this moment in that moment or this moment that went really really sideways you know those are the memories that stick out more because the emotion heightens the memory retention anyway um in answering people like often like so extended family gatherings we didn't see them that often so you know a handful of times a year so for the most part when they would say how's How's life going? How's homeschooling going? Because I don't even know that I ever used the word unschooling <laughs> in those situations. There was no need just because nobody was curious enough to dive in deeper than that. But I would just say, yeah, oh, we're really enjoying ourselves, having a lot of fun right now. 
and just kind of leave it there. And for a couple of reasons, I, I often, you know, added the right now or the for now so that it didn't feel like I've made this very different life choice than you. And this is a forever choice. And, you know, you're wrong. But, you know, just planting the seed that, you know what, this is a choice that we're making now. Maybe someday the choice will change and maybe it will. Right. Um so that piece I found advantageous. The bringing the positive energy to it um, was really helpful, I learned over the years, because if even if things were feeling, you know, maybe I was having like kind of a little bit of a wobble <laughs> um, at the time, or I was just like feeling overwhelmed, getting all the kids like this is the holiday season and we've got, you know, a number of things that we want to do and I'm maybe I'm dragging a little bit. But if I brought that dragging energy, their family, so often they want to be helpful. They want to, you know, try to help me through this. So if I'm like, oh, it's really hard right now, <laughs> you know, you're going to want to try to help me fix it. So, and of course, the first, you know, if you send the kids to school, you wouldn't <laughs> have them with you all day, right? Like that was always the first answer. And that number one, I, it's, I'm not going to do it. I'm not going to do it because you told me. And then you're ignoring their advice because you invited their advice because you said things weren't, you know, things were feeling hard right now. So again, the intentionality and the prepping for a situation like, okay, I love you guys. You're my extended family. And also I don't really need your advice for the lifestyle that I am choosing for my family. So this just doesn't happen to be a place where I want to chat about my challenges. <laughs> I have other places and other communities where I want to bring those questions. Definitely, it's not about ignoring and feelings of overwhelm or ignoring wobbles and questions and things that I'm trying to process and figure out. It's just being selective and intentional where I want to bring those questions, right? And extended family gatherings, typically we're not the place where I was going <laughs> to bring that stuff. So that um, having those back pocket quick responses that because you know what, at the root of it, yes, we are enjoying this. Like we're maybe we're having a bump or whatever, but this is my choice back to why, why am I making this choice to homeschool my kids, to unschool my kids, you know, and to just steepen that for a little bit to remember, you know, even when things feel hard, this is still the choice that I want to make. So I can bring that energy with me and just kind of answer that question and move on to something else. And what I just love to do, Erin, as we were talking about planting seeds, is to plant the seed to them, to ask them, as in the adults, what they're interested in. Oh, what's a movie you like that you watched recently? Or, you know, what do you like to do for fun? I used to love that one because they had such a hard time answering that. Like, because <laughs> life was just work and make food and sleep, right? Life was hard. This was it. So I would show up there with my bubbly, smiling self and say, oh, what did you do for fun last week? And, and they would just be so stopped up. It, for me, I was just planting seeds of other questions you could ask a yeah. person sure. rather than what's your job? What's, what grade are you in? Like, irregardless of age, even like there is a wide range of other conversations that you can have with another person asking them what they like, you know, what they're having fun doing, like all those other pieces of their life, just asking those questions. And I used to just have fun asking them and watching them go, um, <laughs> 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 
I, I think for me, I love that so much. I love the turning around. I did that a lot when the kids were older and they'd get a lot of what college are you going to, or what's this going to be? And, you know, we just turn it back around. Tell me what you loved about college. Are you working in your field? Are you, you know, and like, because that was always fun to see where that goes. But I think Aaron, it was very much the same for me. Like it so depended on the person, like, okay, what's their interest level? Do you know, what do they know? Not, and tried to keep it pretty high level. We also had the back pocket things because again, my girls wanted to connect with these people and they wanted to share things from their life. And so me just kind of talking with them ahead of time, you know what, I bet your granddad's going to be super excited about this thing that you're doing and that we went to see these airplanes that he likes or whatever, you know? And so that they loved that. They loved having that thing that they knew would make that connection. And I think that really helped just having those back pocket pieces and absolutely Pam like not bringing any kind of problem about it we just kept a high energy about what yeah we're doing we're really enjoying things and having fun and you know we would I would make sure I had some back pocket things that just because I think people want it to make sense to them and it's hard they're like what what does this mean (laughs) and so I could talk about you know a field trip we went on or things that we did and then they can kind of put it in their little box that makes sense to them and move on if it's somebody that's more curious, you'll get more interesting questions, you know, and then you can do that. I think for me, what I realize, and I can be a debater, like I like talking about, you know, unschooling and homeschooling, obviously. Um, but I knew like, this isn't the forum where I want to try to change someone's mind or convince them about the things like I, I just have no need for that. And I think what can be helpful when you're first starting to navigate this, especially is just, you don't have to feel defensive. Like they don't have to understand understand why you're making this decision because you know why you're making the decision. You know what's happening with your kids. You know that it wasn't. And for most people, it's a super thoughtful decision. You know, something may have even happened to their child in school, or there's some reason that they pulled them out. You don't have to defend. You don't have to explain. You can just keep that kind of higher level. Cause I think sometimes, especially early on, people feel that like, I need to explain, but if you knew, you know, this and that, and, and, and I think it ends up just kind of derailing everything. And so when we can kind of stand in our confidence of, I know why I made this choice, I don't need to explain it to you and not in an ugly way, but just in a let's move on way. We're doing great. And how are things going with you and pass the bean dip, you know, and just keep it moving because I think that can be a a stumbling block for people when they're going into family um, events, especially if they just started maybe homeschooling or unschooling and they're going to that first event, they're they're carrying some anxiety, but just, just rest and you know why you've made the choices you've made and you don't have to explain or defend. Okay. I just want to jump in one to, to, um, Follow up what you said there, that piece too, I noticed that the the need to explain the feeling of defensiveness. Um, when I dug into that, what I found was, ah, like, I'm really wanting these people's approval, this person's approval. So that's, if you're processing through that, et cetera, you know, that was, that was something interesting for me. And then it was just working through like, why do I need their approval? What, what do I think I'm going to get from that, et cetera. So that might be an interesting, just deep dive to take for a little bit. But what reminded me, Anna, when you said, you know, that depending on the person, et cetera, they don't really know what our life looks like. And it didn't remind me, I had forgotten about this, but that was some like 
when we started homeschooling back in 2002, I, I found out that it existed on the internet. Like I had no clue. Nobody in my friend circle, nobody in my extended family. We had teachers. We did not have homeschoolers. Nobody knew. Like they thought it was illegal to not to go to school. So what I did, like starting that first year, um, I took the kids out of school in March. So I ended up doing that starting that year, uh, Christmas newsletter, basically. So it was just like a little two page, um, or like two sided page that I stuck in like, Christmas cards, holiday cards that went out um, that just explained what we did instead. Not even framed that way, just as in, here's what we got up to this year. And we had like a section for each person that had like their favorite show, their favorite book, their favorite whatever they were into. And then just a few things that we did instead, like a, a visit talking about our, our science center membership or, you know, just we had a few little articles. I just, you know, framed it in columns, like a little magazine thing, had some pictures, you know, we still exist, even though school isn't in our lives. We're still busy doing things, <clears throat> even though attending school is not one of them. So I just sent that out so that people could, because it was like, what, what else do you do? Like, are you just sitting in a corner at home all day? Aren't you bored? <laughs> so that was kind of how I solved that. And I kept, I kept that up while the, all the kids, so the youngest was no longer obligatory, obligatory compulsory school age, right? So yeah, there's quite a few years. It's nice memories for us to look back on. I kept that. And over the years, I got feedback from people that, oh yeah, we really look forward to seeing what you guys get up to. Because, you know, it was vacations during school weeks, right? Low season. And again, just that excited tone right to share the fun stuff and and here's what we're doing instead so that was really useful and so they had that without me needing to have that conversation with them face to face if they had questions you know they could come and talk to me happy because you can definitely sense the energy if somebody is looking for an opening or if someone's just truly curious like what the heck are you guys up to <laughs> anyway yeah those two things bubbled up for me when you're talking <laughs> Ashley, is there anything on, on your end around that? Um, I just think that that's such a brilliant idea. I love that so much, Pam. And it did make me think about how, well, I don't put together a newsletter, but that does sound really fun. <laughs> um, I will snap pictures, I would say fairly often, but just when I think of it, of something maybe that we, like one of the kids made or yeah, somewhere like a hike that we went on. Um, and I think my first thought is just to share with family. Um, but as you're talking, Pam, I realized that I'm, I am kind of like selective as to who I send those pictures to, like my mother-in-law, who's wonderful and very supportive. Um, but I, and I know she would want to see what the kids are up to. Like, I know she's just, she loves it when I send a photo. Um, but it does provide some insight on what our days look yeah. like for people who didn't, you know, don't live a homeschooling lifestyle. Um, and then I send it to my sisters and then, um, not too often, but once in a while to extended family as well. So, but it's just like a quick snap of a photo on what I do on my end and I send it. And yeah, I appreciate you sharing that Pam, because it just makes me think about like, it answers questions. It allows them next time they see the kids to ask them about, like they have a specific thing they can ask them about. So I think that's awesome. Such a great idea. 
Yeah. It yeah. was long before phones uh, had yeah. cameras. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> right, right. The Larifia Chronicle. <laughs> That's so true. Now it's so easy to just quickly send so something. Easy. Yeah, I think that both both of those ways of doing things are 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 brilliant and just really help connect people to our to our kids. Um, one last thing I had on that is just to when when we're talking about kind of coming in with this positive energy and often confident energy. And then depending sometimes on who's asking the question or who we know we're, we're going to be visiting, sometimes too, I find around the homeschooling piece to kind of bring in a humble energy as well, because I think, you know, we see this, right? Somebody finds out that you're making this decision, they're making that decision. And there's an assumption that maybe you feel they have it wrong or or yeah. you have a special window into this world that they don't understand. And I think too, for me, again, it's it's very dependent on who the conversation's with. But if the conversation is a little bit more than those three or four um, sentences, just being clear that, yeah, there are, yeah, there are challenges sometimes where yeah. we kind of continue to figure things out and see how things go. Um, I have found that because I often have a hard time in the moment describing what home education is or what we're doing or what we're not doing. Um, and the questions often come kind of, there'll be like a legal question, then a question about one of the kids, like it's all sort of, <laughs> and you're going, okay, how do I, where do I go with this? Um, if I kind of preface it by saying, yeah, it's, it's, it's a big topic. And, you know, even after all these years, I often don't feel like I can tie it up very easily. So I'll try my best, you know, to answer the questions just so it's not, it's clear that there's more to talk about if they're interested. Um, but I don't have all of this tied up to a neat definition. Um, and I find if it's kind of someone who actually is interested that works really well. Um, like you said, Anna, I don't want to get into a big, deep conversation at the Christmas dinner about it, but it just kind of, it becomes more of an authentic conversation that, yeah, I don't have all the answers, but I would, I would like to talk about this at some point if that interest is still there, because um, some people are really interested. Like, you know, we assume it's always going to be yeah. that the dip moment, but there are people that are like, oh, wow, that's, you know, I, I not they might not even have kids themselves, but I'd kind of like to find out more about that. So, um, yeah, I find that hum just kind of that humble energy um, can be can be good. And I sorry think for me, what that that what that looks like too is just the I messages. Like I'm I'm not making broad statements that everybody needs to homeschool or unschool. It's really just like you know, yeah, we've just found this is what you know works best, and this is really what's helping you know my daughter thrive. This is what's working for her. And, and that Pam, you mentioned it a little bit ago, that kind of for now, you know, like with, so not this definitive, this is the one right way. Cause you know, we talk about that a lot, Erin, there's no one right way. And I think I've also found too, and this is a little bit of a different direction, but where, you know, to, to be interested in what their family looks like, you know, be interested in the school and the extracurricular, you know, just give them that attention of like, that sounds really fun. I loved going to football games or whatever, you know, like just connecting so that they're 
because people are so likely to write a story and to take in judgment, even when it's not there. And so we can take that extra step to just, you know, normalize that conversation and just, there's no one right way. So yeah, that popped up for me when you were saying that. Mm-hmm. Oh, I love yeah. that. Yeah. That was res- that response, Anna, that you had alluded to. It was like, yeah, this is working great for us yeah. right now. Right. That adds those two pieces that it doesn't it's not like forever. This is the right answer. And the for us piece is like and, you know, don't worry, I'm not saying that this needs to be the best answer for you, that this is a workable answer for anyone else. But it's working for us right now. And I do you do have to be kind of in need to be in a kind of certain open mindset Um for those fun rambly conversations but one and you know what I found that I had them more with people who were curious not family who were curious the the family piece they weren't as curious (laughs) but once in a while I would bounce to somebody and yeah the questions would be coming and like an hour would pass and you go oh what the heck (laughs) and it was so fun I I just found it mentally fun to try and follow the thread of where their questions were jumping. Because yes, they seem unrelated and maybe they completely are unrelated. Maybe they have this pile of six questions that they you know, have thought of. But so often by about the third or fourth question, you can start to see the thread of like, what's at the root of these questions? And then popping in with that, it's like, oh, it seems like you're curious about this piece. My gosh, those would be lots of fun when somebody's actually interested and you can just, again, I just thought of it as planting seeds. Like, but you don't test. Oh, you know, classroom's got 30 kids and they have to like officially report and have a report card. Oh, they need numbers for tracking. You know what? I talk to my kids every day. You know, just planting little seeds of how, what are you trying to accomplish with that test and how do we kind of accomplish it here? the root of it without having to do the thing like the test is the answer but what is actually it trying to solve or do right anyway so just popping around and following the different questions that they had was just always a fun thing for me when somebody was actually curious and interested and then the other piece was you know when I was talking earlier about asking me what do you do for fun what are you interested in oh my gosh that was so fun to ask the other kids even the school kids, because so often they're just used to adults asking them, what grade are you in? Do you like your teacher? For an adult who'd say, oh, what are you doing for fun? What are you interested in? What's your favorite show? Like, oh my gosh, listening to them talk for this excited 10, 15 minutes because they've got an adult's attention and to just, you know, let them bask in your um, excitement for them, your joy for them celebrating the fact that they aren't just about being a student. There's also more to them. And sometimes what's really fun is a class or a subject because they happen to be covering something that's interesting to them. And that is super cool too. It it doesn't have to be, but just celebrating who they are as a person and what is connecting and exciting for them in the moment. That is a super fun thing I found at family gatherings as well. Oh, I love that. that that just yeah Ashley did you have did you have anything sorry I saw you pop up no just nodding along okay okay um yeah the only other thing that comes to 
well, there's so many things that come to my mind, but as far as sort of the flow of, of kind of our conversation, um, the last thing that comes to mind for me is sort of like the wind down from, from the season. And, you know, for me right now, it's not, uh, I don't think this season is going to feel quite as busy. I, you know, there was a period of time when a couple of my kids were in a lot of like, there were like, you know, uh, uh, choir concerts, like a lot of things going on. Um, and even my work had a lot more events than it does right now. So it just felt like all these things that by the time you got to something like a Christmas dinner or New Year's or whatever, you were just exhausted. Um, and I feel it might be a little different this year, which is really cool. But one of the things that I started realizing is that I could take you know, if there were things that I felt that I wanted to do for the season that just didn't feel there was time to, to do that, whether it was Christmas carols or reading I wanted to do or even just gifts that I wanted to enjoy more, um, that it didn't need to be. There's not like a day that everything has to be wrapped up. So for me, like we started leaving our tree up longer. Um and so I kind of have just for myself, even I, I kind of acknowledge the 12 days of Christmas. And that's something that I started doing maybe like four or five years ago, because I just would get to kind of, I don't know, Boxing Day or even New Year's. And it would just have felt like so much. And as much as I enjoyed it, it's a lot for everybody else, right? It's for kids, it's for grandparents, it's for work people, all these pieces. And it just felt very performative rather than any opportunity to just decompress and have any real meaning to it. Um, so for me, just kind of giving myself that space and kind of carving it out, it meant that I didn't have the same expectations for like Christmas Eve or like everything didn't have to be all the traditions happening the way that worked for me. <laughs> And I didn't feel resentful if things changed or uh, there was a snowstorm. So we had to do it on a different day because I knew I had this expanse of time that I could just really um, do whatever I wanted with. I mean, there's regular life, of course, but it was kind of setting that aside a little bit. So I would just be interested if anybody else has any thoughts around that or that kind of a decompressing end of things. Yeah, yeah, I, I mean, I, I, oh, yeah, go Ashley, boo. Okay, <laughs> I was just gonna say, because I thought a lot about this the past, maybe, maybe not quite five years, but three, four years of making sure um, we've used the word intentional so much, but I think it's so key. Mm -hmm. But in, yeah. in looking at, especially like for my family around Christmas, like really the month of December, and really, because it, it's exciting, and especially at maybe what my kids are excited, because they're really young, and you know, you can quickly fill up that calendar. So, and I talk about this probably too much, but building in that time for like the downtime, the rest and making sure that, um, yeah, if we've got, you know, a couple of events already in a week that we don't commit to anything else that week. So just spreading it out and, and making sure that like, whether it's for us, like Halloween or Thanksgiving or Christmas, giving myself permission and that reminder that we don't have to do it all. Hopefully we'll have next year, year as well to do things. So if we don't go out this year to look at Christmas lights, not a big deal. Um, and it goes back to taking that time. What's important to everyone this year? What do we really want to prioritize this year? Because there's only so much 
time and there's only so much energy we all have. So just building in that rest. And then the second thing I wanted to say quickly um, was um, having those conversations with the kids about how they might feel when it's all over, <laughs> you know? So it's for my guys again, cause they're young, you know, Christmas day is the day, even though we've got other things, Christmas day, waking up that morning, opening the gifts. Um, I think that's still what they look forward to the most. So having a, again, a brief conversation, right? Almost in passing. Hmm. I wonder how it might feel once you've opened all your presents, maybe you'll be really excited to have your new things to play with. Or I wonder if you might feel some, I remember feeling disappointed when I was a kid, some years when I'd open all the gifts and then there was no more gifts to open. And I find that that just, I don't know, helps, I guess, set the expectation or just lets them have some time to process and think about those feelings that might come up. Um, and same with like kind of what you were saying, Aaron, like whether, I mean, we don't do much for New Year's. So again, it's probably after Christmas day, but just saying, oh, we had all these events and these things to look forward to. And even then thinking, what do we have next to look forward to? Because Christmas season's kind of over for our family now. We don't have anything else planned. What's something else we could look forward to next? Um, so again, just being intentional with having those conversations and thoughts beforehand and, and building in that rest as well so that um, maybe decompressing isn't such a, isn't as needed in the same way, maybe. I don't think you can ever talk about that too much, actually, because it's, I think we can lose sight of it, right? It's the, we're all having the excitement of the season and then these invitations are coming in and things are happening, but you're, I really love that. Just that idea of just, yeah, let's make sure we're not overcommitting. There's more time. There's plenty of time. I'm always saying, you know, it's like, and just to build that rest in so that we're not just so spent, you know, by the time actually even, you know, a particular holiday gets here. Um, for us, it was a lot about, you know, so it, we do have this, you know, big kind of build up to Christmas. We have a lot of birthdays prior to that and even some after it. But we really protected that time right after Christmas to not be a time where we were doing things or traveling or whatever. And I know it, it can be a big travel time for people. But one of our benefits of homeschooling and unschooling, you know, we don't have to be like on those particular schedules. But that week actually ended up being a really beautiful week for our family, like because it really all that was behind us. We had leftover food. We had new toys to play with. We just really enjoyed, I don't know, kind of sinking into that. So in, in a way that kind of protecting that to have that decompression time actually became a very beautiful part of the holidays for us as well. That you mentioned uh, in Christmas Day, actually, that ended up being, you know, talking with the kids and how it unfolded when they were younger, being such an important time to just have an abundance of time like no obligations so yeah I think we a year or two um into our journey homeschooling journey we realized how important that day was and we just that was one day where we said no we're not going out you know and we're not having this is our family day Christmas day is a family day for us um and navigating things that way because having that space without like the little kids opening up gifts and then saying, okay, let's go out. That was very challenging, you know, and I, having the conversation, that's how we discovered that, you know what, this is always challenging to go out and nobody wants to do it. And you know what, we can choose to do it our way, that agency, that choice. 
Um, doesn't mean we say no, but we just make other arrangements. We can get together on another day. And I did find, we found that so helpful to spreading out, like you were talking about, Ashley, spreading out of the 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 visits or the having visitors like all those pieces so that it wasn't all focused on one or two days like because then like the energy is just so ramped up and so challenging and then you need so much decompression after so just I love the 12 days of Christmas there Aaron you know it's just spreading things out more intentionally again helps us enjoy each of them in their own ways um, instead of just being like this big long flood of over two or three days seeing everybody and going everywhere and just like overwhelming all of us really not only just in the prep work but the kids themselves getting trudged from place to place to place yeah anyway so <laughs> um, yeah go ahead <laughs> no go go finish your thought <laughs> oh no that that was basically like when it came to the decompression piece um weaving it into the season yeah. versus like here's the season and here's the decompression right. and I'm trying to do it along the way so that we didn't burn ourselves out there yeah. I, I love that <laughs> this is a very specific thing and it's actually back from something you said a long time ago Aaron about the gifts I just wanted to to bring that up again because um and just like for the introverts in the world you know a lot of people um have this idea of if we do everybody opens the gift and we watch them we're being very appreciative and we're you know this is a way to slow it down or do this and it's like we're a family of introverts and it just feels terrible <laughs> to have everybody looking at you what are you supposed to react to the hot pink sweater that somebody gave you or the whatever it is you know and so I, I just to to realize that people are different and that it's okay to do things differently and that we're not not being we're not not appreciating you know if we all do it so we tend to do the flurry of opening and then you know the walking around if we want to that feels better and so I think I guess my point with that is just to you know, if something isn't working for you or your kids, it's okay to say, yeah, this doesn't feel great. We can switch that up, even if it's been a tradition or if somebody has, you know, kind of a moral judgment about it. It's like, hey, we can rethink this a little bit. So I don't know. I just forgotten about that when you mentioned the gifts earlier. Yeah, no, I love that. And, and I think that, you know, Ashley, when you were talking about pre preparing and leaving some of that, I, I'm going to say white space. I can't remember what word you used, but... Um, and just all these different pieces we've been talking about, it, we didn't really talk about the word or the topic choice as a its own subject, but really that is what weaves through all of this is, you know, choosing how we, how we kind of prepare, how we do things in the moment, how we decompress and just, yeah, just keeping aware of that choice that there are options. Pam, you said something at the very beginning and I, what came I can't remember what it was but what came to mind was like choices within choices are the words that came to my mind is that we make choices but then even within those we can move around a little bit flex and um something that helps me sometimes if I feel if I'm having a hard time imagining that there actually is a choice because <laughs> sometimes some situations it's much easier to see the choice than others sometimes I just what would it look like if I had choice you know what hmm, if if I could choose what would I choose and sometimes that just helps me um bring it down a little bit and realize there is more option there to realize because I think we can get really stuck in yeah 
hey, it's my choice, but they don't understand the situation. There's not really a choice. And so I just have to go, okay, well, what if I could choose? And what if I could choose about this one piece of it? Um, yeah, I, I just find that helpful to just kind of put that out there. But what if? <laughs> and then sometimes that flows a little bit better. But that's that's like a, a kind of a not not a mind game, but like a game that I like to play with myself if I'm feeling obligated to do something. I I enjoy trying on. It's like, well, what if I chose to do that? What if what would it be if that was something I really wanted to do? Right? Like instead of feeling obligated, ooh, if I wanted to go, what would it be about that thing that would be making me want? to go to it, right? And maybe in exploring that, it's like, oh, you know, there are these handful of things that I enjoy alongside the obligation piece. So often when it came to family things, that is where I ended up. It's like, there is so much obligation energy. Like nobody asked me if I wanted to do it. But, you know, there is these things that I actually enjoy about it. If I can get past the expectation on me, I can realize, you know what, for these things, yeah, I want to go. And then there's a piece of realizing, okay, they may think I'm going because I'm obligated to go, but I know I'm going because I will enjoy these pieces. Like I have, I know that I'm going for reasons that this is my choice and it's getting a little bit of processing to get to the place that it's okay if from the outside it looks like I'm showing up because I have to show up. (laughs) But so often, if I can separate those two, that obligation energy from the actual event and what I can do and how we can enjoy it and the fun we can have and talking to my kids, like they don't feel that weight, certainly not as much because I'm not putting it on them. So to find all the ways that things that they enjoy about it, it's like, oh, yeah, you know, that is fun. Yeah, we can do that. Yeah, we can bring this game. We can bring these toys. It's a new house, some new rooms to go and explore for a few hours, you know, like all those pieces um, can help me. Even So even if it looks like an obligation that I am fulfilling, really, we're still showing up with choice. I can still find my choice within all that and then that just opens things up and you find so many other pieces and it's like these are the pieces I don't like I can be doing this instead at that place like if this thing that typically shows up each time and we really don't like it and we get pulled into it like that is when I'm going to say hey why don't we go for a walk let's go get some fresh air you know we can be doing other pieces because we have that choice within there there are so many different ways that we can navigate those things but yes yeah, separating out the obligation from the actual event that was that was a lot of work and very useful work for me <laughs> definitely and we can find those like anna i've heard you talk about um you know, finding that space when you're somewhere where a child can can kind of decompress a little bit or regroup. And we can do that a little bit for ourselves too. Like yeah. <laughs> I have been known to go out to the car for a couple minutes or, you know, <laughs> I, I love a good bathroom. <laughs> just go and just breathe for a minute, right? And And not that anything's going wrong, but if you are, you know, more on the introverted end of things, sometimes just finding that decompression space and kind of help remind yourself of the choices and 
and all those little pieces. So I just kind of wanted to throw that in there too, that we can find those little places for us as well. So yeah. I found finding uh, one thing that really helped me was I would just go hang out with the kids because often the kids and the adults were in different spaces. And when we were going to somebody else's place, right. And the way these things worked out. And when I was just feeling overwhelmed with the adult conversation or that energy, it's like, I'm going to go check on the kids, which like, totally, they'll all take that. Oh, thank goodness. Somebody's going to go look at the kids. I don't have to do it. (laughs) So I got to go and just relax in their fun energy and just, just really just decompress for 15 minutes. It's like, okay. I'll go back and see what they're talking about now. <laughs> and what's really fun is if you get there and you notice there's another adult there doing the same thing. <laughs> <laughs> I love that. Oh my gosh. And it's just, it's like a different, it's a different energy even between you and the adult because you're both kind of there to, to be in a different space. Right. So that's kind of funny, but oh my gosh, does anybody have anything else or feel like we've covered a lot of good stuff <laughs> yeah yeah okay. so much I, I feel like it is it is a broad topic and I think again it's just that bringing that intention recognizing the choice and and just giving it that little bit of thought because we're not so we can so easily be swept along you know when it comes to things like this so yeah I love that yeah it's yeah. it's been fun to talk about this. So um, Anna and Pam, I will put uh, a link to the course and it's Navigating Family Gatherings. Mm-hmm. Um, and also I'll put a link to, um, so you have two podcasts now. Uh, tell me if I have this oh, right. Yes. Exploring Unschooling, right? <laughs> and I think there's a, there's a Living Joyfully podcast that's called just that as well, right? Um And I'll also put a link to Living Joyfully Network, which I have gotten so much benefit from because I think that's the other thing is that when we're talking about this, it's so nice to have a community of people who we can bring things back to. And even in tougher moments of overwhelm, it's kind of like we can imagine (laughs) that there are these other people who are working through the same things and we can kind of, um, yeah, get some ideas and support from. So, um, for holidays or many other things, I'll link that as well because it's such a great resource for people to know about. So thank you so thank much. You. Today. <laughs> thank, yeah, thank you so much. This was really fun. All right. It was nice later. to meet you, Ashley. Thanks yes, very much. Well. Bye-bye. And this ends our conversation today. We hope you found it interesting and helpful. If you'd like to connect further or see additional content, Erin can be found on the web and on Instagram at everlearning. Ashley can be found on Instagram at Ashley as Mama and Storytime Shells. And I, Haley, can be found on the web and on Instagram at Taking a Kinder Path. We'd love it if you'd share this conversation with anyone you think might like it. And if you've enjoyed this episode, maybe you'd consider leaving us a review. We'd love to hear your thoughts. We're so grateful you made time in your day to listen to us chat. Thanks so much for listening.